name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, the seminary, when I was in seminary, um, they really tried to challenge us because if you're going to be a priest, just like anyone who's called to a vocation that is a lifetime, then you should really know what you're doing. You should really know what you're getting yourself into. And my one, my only, his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm married to his church. And so the seminary would want to get to know my relationship with Jesus. Just like as a married person, I I should ask you, what's your relationship with your spouse? They asked me, how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? And that was a very important question for me. What's yours? Well, my answer was, I tried to think about it. No one's ever asked me, what's my relationship with Jesus like? And I said, I guess it's one of dependence. It's like, Lord, I need you. I need you so much that, you know, you're my helper, you're my healer, you're my friend, you're the one I go to, you've never let me down, I just need you. That that was my relationship, and I felt like whenever I feel alone, I go to Jesus. Whenever I'm worried about someone, I go to Jesus. Whenever I need to pray for someone, for myself, for some situation, I go to Jesus. So although this relationship of dependence, like, Lord, I need you, although that was it, I felt like there was something missing that wasn't enough. That I felt like this relationship of, Lord, I need you, it's kind of selfish. Like, Jesus, I only go to you when I need you. There's an aspect of dependence in love. When you love someone, you need them. You want them. But there's got to be more. If it is to be love, then love should be about the other, and it should not just be about yourself. That's what love is. Love is a getting over yourself into the other person and caring for that person for their own sake. That the person is an end in themselves. And so that's when my awareness changed. I realized just needing Jesus is not enough. I had to want Jesus. I had to love Jesus. Now, many Christians only go to God when they need something. Again, of course, God wants you to go to Him. God wants you to share your heart with Him. In the Gospel, we see these ten lepers, and they're in need. They're lepers. They're in isolation. They're dying of their leprosy. And so what do they do? They cry out to God, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, I need you. That's a good thing. That's what God wants. In the gospel, these lepers make their petition known. When I, when I sought to love God, though, my prayer did not just it, just, it wasn't just, Lord, I need you. It was, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I love you. Lord, you're worthy of it all. When we praise, we direct our worship, not just on what God can give us, but on God himself. When we praise and thank God, we're not focusing just on us or on the gift, but on the giver. And here's the reality. When we praise God, we realize that the gift of God is himself. It's the giver. Now notice the difference between the nine lepers who did not come back and the one leper who returned and praised God. It says in the gospel, one of them, realizing that he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice. He fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. This leper 
was not satisfied just with physical healing or what he initially asked for. He said, Jesus, have mercy on us. But when he came back, he realized he was physically healed and he wanted more. This one leper wanted a relationship with God. And that's what Jesus wants. When Jesus, when God answers your prayer, he's not answering it for its own sake. God's not healing you for just your healing. He wants a relationship. He wants you to be saved. If you come back glorifying God, then you will hear, as Jesus said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. God wants you to be saved. You know, I always think about when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was dead and Mary and Martha were crying outside of his tomb. Even Martha was like, Lord, we know if you were here, we, you know, you would have helped Lazarus. And what does Jesus do? He weeps outside of Lazarus' tomb and then he raises Lazarus from the dead. You know, and maybe five, ten years after, Lazarus died again. What does the physical really even matter, guys? What is the world and what we're asking of from God, from this world, what does it matter outside of salvation that we're going to live forever? Remember, you know I say this a lot. YOLO is a lie. You only die once, but you live forever, either in heaven or in hell. And God wants heaven for you. So I would say that there are, you know what's wild is also, the other nine that were healed of their leprosy, They never heard your faith has saved you. They never heard for themselves salvation is in Jesus. Yeah, fine. Jesus can do great things in your life, but Jesus offers you salvation. And that is the key. So I would say there's five steps. The first step, whenever you go to God, cry out in faith. Share your whole heart with God. Cry and say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, I need you. Then be obedient. Whatever God says to do, do it. The third step, be aware of what he's doing, the healing. These lepers, they realized that they were healed. And then that fourth step, praise God. Praise him. Thank him. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, guys, you still with me? Praise God with all your heart. Praise him for everything he's done for you. Because when you praise him, you direct less attention on yourself and more on him. And he's worthy of it all. Finally, share that healing with the world. Go out into the world and share it. One of our choir girls, I don't know if she's here, she, she had a great idea, a great idea for our church of a bring a family to church day. Every one of us in this church knows a family that doesn't go to church. What if next week we say, all of you have to bring a family? Like We're just going to bring them. They have to come next Sunday, 1030 Mass, bring a family to church. But what, what, what do you tell them? Hey, come to church. Why? Why should I come? Because God wants a relationship with you. I have a relationship with God. Well, God wants to meet you in his church. It's his, it's his body. So I just encourage us to preach the love of Jesus. All right. Last week, I preached on uh, increasing our faith, believing in God's power. And some of us in this church right now are going through dryness that their faith feels dry, like they're not feeling God. I want to encourage you that your faith is not a feeling. Your faith is an action. Your faith is what you do and what you live. 
Now, the difference between this one leper and this not, the other nine is that the one didn't focus on himself and he directed his, his attention to the one who healed him and that's where his faith was in. His faith was not in when I feel God, I believe. His faith was in the healing that God is doing no matter what. In times of dryness, even if it's hard, I encourage you, Hebrews 12, 2, Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Can we just say that? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of your faith. Amen. Keep living the truth. Keep living the truth no matter how you feel. You know the truth. And so keep living it. Praise God no matter how you feel. Praise God no matter how you feel. You shouldn't come to church because you feel it. Oh, I'm going to come to church because I feel like it. No. You come to church because God is worthy of all praise. You come to church because it's not about you. It's about Him. And here's the beautiful thing. You know what God says to you? It's about you too. God will say to you, you come to church for me, but I come down to you for you. I love you. God loves you. I'm never, I never get tired of saying that. I just, you know, Father, you've told us that a million times. But every single day, we need to be renewed of the truth. And it's, I'm not saying it because I feel it. I'm feeling it right now, praise the Lord. But I'm not saying it because I feel it. I'm saying it because it's the truth. Live the truth, not your feelings. Now, faith is a virtue. A virtue, as Aristotle said, is a habit of excellence. A virtue is something that you build upon. And so if you struggle in your faith, what I say is start believing. Start day one. Every virtue that you build, a habit, is built on day one and day two and day three and day four. And every single morning, you know what I say? Today is day one. Every single morning begin. Some people, now, when we talk about uh, just praising God, I'm really preaching on this leper came back to Jesus and started praising him. Amen. Hallelujah. If you were asleep, you just woke up. This leper started praising God. And some people think that praise and worship is just an expression of the charismatic movement. You guys know the charismatic movement. Anyone here listen to K-Love or 103.5 or all that, you know? Like Chris Tomlin and Lauren Daigle were just here yesterday, right? Who was at that concert? Anybody? Okay, cool. Awesome. Chris Tomlin, Lauren Daigle, Hillsong. Anyone listen to Hillsong? Elevation Worship. People nowadays think that praise and worship is only that. Praise and worship is not relegated to a movement. Praise and worship is not just these contemporary songs. Our choir, and we're inviting you all to praise and worship God, and not just through songs that we know. You know, praise and worship is biblical. It's in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Do not get drunk on wine. Hopefully no one here got drunk last night. If you did, that's a sin. Do not get drunk off wine that leads to debauchery. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and playing to the Lord in our hearts. You know, I've always said, guys, be very bold and just start praising. Just however you express it, just start praising God. And you know who's my favorite 
person to learn from in regards to praise and worship? Who do we celebrate today? Our Blessed Mother. Protestants would say, you celebrate Mary? We honor Mary. We love Mary. Why do we celebrate Mary? Because of Jesus. Because she's the mother of Jesus. And is Jesus God? Yeah. And so if Jesus is God, who's Mary? The mother of God. And so why can't we give her so much honor, so much love? We love Mary. And how beautiful that Mary teaches us how to praise and how to worship. That Mary was the first disciple of Jesus. Um, You guys know the Magnificat? The Magnificat is when Mary visited Elizabeth. And what happened to Elizabeth? She already had John the Baptist in her, in her womb. And John the Baptist leaped for joy. John the Baptist was praising. John the Baptist honored Mary. And Mary was like, what, did, what was her response? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, For he has looked upon his lowly servant. Mary was praising God. Mary is the teacher of praise. This is in Luke chapter 1. And I'm just going to read it because we're going to pray with Mary right now. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. Just recognize how it's all about God. He has mercy on those who fear Him in every generation. He has shown the strength of His arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. Look at how Mary is is acknowledging all that God has done. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Amen. Let's learn how to praise and worship God and direct our attention to God based on Mary's beautiful praise. Now, today is the assumption of Mary. Uh, The Catholic Church believes that Mary, it's a dogma of the church. It's It's something we must believe. That Mary was assumed into heaven. And I'm just going to give us a little catechism. You guys still awake? You still with me? This is like the teaching part of it, okay? A little catechism on what the assumption means. Is that Mary was assumed into heaven, body and soul. And one of the effects of original sin, sin that we've all inherited, which Mary, did did Mary inherit original sin? No, because she's called the immaculate conception. She was conceived in in her mother's womb, in St. Anne's womb, immaculately. She had no sin. Why? Why does she have no sin? Because she's the mother of God and God needed a pure vessel to be in. So Mary was conceived without sin. And one of the consequences of sin is the corruption of the body. That's why when we see saints that were uncorruptible, it's actually pretty amazing. But Mary, because when she died, which maybe she died, maybe she didn't, there's like little two, two, two camps on that. When she did, she never, she just immediately went up to God. And some people might say, well, that's not in the Bible. Okay, well, it's not. But there's biblical precedent. Two precedents. Hebrews chapter 11, the prophet Enoch was raised into heaven. And also 2 Kings, where Elijah was raised in a fiery chariot. 
So if Enoch and Elijah can go to heaven and be assumed, why can't Mary, the mother of God? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is great. All right, I'm almost done. Uh, Mary's beautiful. And she's only beautiful, really, because of Jesus. The Catholic Church, the CCC, says that everything we believe about Mary is based and founded on what we believe about Jesus. And finally, Mary is the first disciple of Jesus. And what does she say at the wedding at Cana? At the wedding at Cana in John chapter 2, the wine ran short, we're empty, we stopped praising and worshiping God because we're no longer drunk on the Holy Spirit. And so, what does she say? She said, Lord, son, they ran out of wine. And Jesus says, what does that have to do with me? Mary turns to the servants and says to them, do whatever he tells you. Mary directs all to Jesus. And she tells you today, do whatever he tells you. When Jesus tells the lepers, go and show yourself to the priest. They go and show themselves to the priest. What happens? They're healed. But don't be like the nine. Be like the one that comes back praising God in spiritual songs. Amen? So let's praise God.